go to text, text messages. messages. Text yeah. messages. Okay, Francesca, a hundred and. How long? Well, I thought we said it was 124, right? 127. No, it's 124. It's 127. 1897 she was born. Yeah. It's 2021. Uh, oh. Yeah. It is 120. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I was wondering if she was an Adventist. God bless her faithfulness and her family. God's word is amazing. Uh, long life was his gift to all his people. Imagine if only we were totally faithful to all of his word. Um, Adventists are in fact blessed with an average of 7 to 10 years longer than the general population and what's interesting about that stat right there is that um, yes we do average 7 to 10 years longer Um, for total vegetarian Adventists they average 10 to 15 years longer than the general population Uh Um, but it's the quality of life Mm. Because the average per, the average Australian spends the last twelve years of their life being ill, mm. and the quality of life that the Adventist lifestyle gives is what where the real benefit comes in. But you know, here's a woman who made it from 1897 to 2021. That's not a bad effort. She was born under Spanish rule in the Philippines. Mm. Wrap your head around that for a moment. Wow, she was born while Spain ruled the Philippines. That is just wild. Okay, let's talk about cannonballs. I was hoping someone would text in on cannonballs. G3, whatever the uh, planet was, um, 700,000 plus feet per second. That's pretty fast. It reminds me, uh, not necessarily in size, but the speed of the hail that will fall on the last unfaithful generation. Yeah, well, I don't know that it'll fall that fast. I don't that's know. Pretty that's pretty fast. That's pretty fast. I don't think it'll fall that fast. I don't know. Anyway. Um, it will be supernatural hail, so who knows? All right, Dawkins, it's hard to believe that someone who hates God can actually see right from wrong in this declaration. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this is hilarious because their, um, their uh, autocorrectors put deceleration instead of declaration. Uh. <laughs> declaration. Uh, God can work through his enemies. Amazing grace. Mm. He says, I've never understood, uh, next one here says, uh, evangelicals, I've never understood how they believe that the Jews are still God's chosen people. Uh, how can you believe that Jews that oppose Jesus are his people? Orthodox Jews will still excommunicate any family members who become Christians. They're still waiting for the Messiah to come the first time. They don't believe in the gospel, death, resurrection, second coming. And they are God's people? Question mark, question mark, question mark. No wonder God's message is come out of her, my people, out of confusion. Mm. And, you know, it is a fascinating thing. I mean, there is so much in the Bible where Jesus expressly states to the Jewish leaders, you know, the kingdom shall be taken from you and given to a new nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. Mm. And this is not that uh, the Jews don't have special favor because they have special they have special favor in that they are the recipients of the law of God, the word of God. Yeah. And this is, you know, the Old Testament is so much... It has been a part of their culture for three and a half thousand years. Mm. You know, so that's special favor right there. That is, there's, there is no question that from that position they have special favor, but that does not mean that they are more saved than anybody else. Mm. Salvation is based not based on, D, on DNA. It is based on morality. Uh, people who laugh live longer. Uh, great medicine. God is right again. And it's free. We talked about that during our Signs of Times Um Article and then and finally there seems to be a lot of talk about lockdowns on the news. I wonder if they will lock down for Christmas. Their gift to Australia. Hope I am wrong. Yeah, me too. I've spent the money. 
I have spent the money. <laughs> I, don't, I am not, don't know whether I'm going to Tasmania for Christmas or not, but I've spent the money. We made the decision to spend the money. Listen, I don't believe in verbal manifestation, right? That you can just like, well, God can, but you know, people believe if you think things and say things, it will come true. I don't believe in that, but please just don't talk about lockdowns because <laughs> I, I do not want to go into yes. lockdown like so bad. Um, well, we're planning to go down to Melbourne. Yes. You know, during December coming up. Uh huh. And I really want to go. <laughs> well, I'm going away this weekend. I'm going camping this weekend. I won't be here on Monday. Oh, praise the Lord. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going I'm going camping within New South Wales to stay on the safe side. Okay. Mm. And it's going to be amazing because I mean, we've been in lockdown all year, haven't been able to go camping all year, so super looking forward to it. Mm. Heaps of the bush. By a river? Yeah. Yep. Lay, laying on the ground, catching fish in the river. Are you going to drink river water? No, I'm going to drink tank water and not catch fish. But my mate's going to come and catch fish, so I might catch fish. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, let's get into our Bible study this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 15 is where we are going to begin. Let's go. And we've been speaking all this week about remembering. Those who refuse to remember the past are condemned to repeat it, and those who do remember the past are condemned to tear their hair out while watching those who do not remember the past <laughs> repeat the past. <laughs> Dude, I can see that in like just just a boomer image meme on Facebook. It's I'm so true sure, with a, with a cartoon. Sure I think he stole that from a cartoon. It it's like a cartoon a, with a caption. I don't know that it was a cartoon, but it was definitely a boomer meme. Yeah, and it was an epic boomer meme. I was like, I I am totally going to. You're that. on board. Yes, it's not untrue. No, of course it's true. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent true. And I'm not even a boomer. I'm an ex gen. Okay, lol. You're also you're a millennial. No, nah. not a millennial. You own a house now. You're you you've escaped. Yes, I'm an ex gen, <laughs> not, not a boomer. All right, so uh, Deuteronomy chapter five and, and verse, verse fifteen. Fifteen. The Let's Bible go. says, "Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out of his strong with his strong hand and a powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day." Okay, so this is an interesting one right here. Mm-hmm. Because the Sabbath is a re- is is a reminder to the Jewish people that they were once slaves. Yes. Okay. So does that then mean? And, and and a lot of people have come to me over the time and said, you know, were your ancestors ever slaves? Well, as it turns out, mine were. Um, but you know, that aside, I think that all of us have ancestors that were slaves, and we're probably saved slaves a lot more recently than the Israelite slaves. Yeah. Because slavery was something that was common; it was endemic, and you know you don't have to go too back, too far back in your family history, and it just gets so broad. Because I did my family history recently, it just gets so broad that you just suddenly become related to everybody. Yeah, I think like on my my mum's side, like my mum's last name is Fitzpatrick, like super oh, Irish, saves. so definitely, definitely slaves. slaves. My dad's side, they're like British, like British as it gets, and so I'm thinking like they're probably slave owners. Yeah, either that or yeah. worse or worse slaves. You know, if you go back to the Roman era, you know. Oh, yeah, fair enough. What's, what's what's the chances you don't have slave heritage somewhere? Yeah, that's right. I got here from somewhere. Like the chances <laughs> of any person on this earth, slavery being as common as it was and is, the chances of any person on this earth not having a slave heritage are almost nil. Also, because like you could be a part of a a noble family, yes. for example, that that would never be enslaved. That would be slave owners. 
that could have been the noble family of a country that was captured by another nation or, you know, yes. and then you become slaves. That's right. That's how it worked. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, my wife is related to uh, the Seleucids who ruled in mm. northern Syria mm. in the Greek era. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. How uh-huh. do you have family? How do you have ancestry back that far? Uh, just jump online and do your, do your research. That's awesome. There. Yep. So, you know, um, but when you go back that far, it's like at that level, your family history is so wide, it is literally hundreds of thousands of people wide. Oh, I can't wait. Dude, I can't wait to get to heaven and look at the, the ancestry, like from the beginning to me. Like, and just see like, oh, how did I end up here? Because mm. there is potential that you could be in some way related to Jesus, no matter there where is. you are in the world. There is indeed. There's 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 very very high potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what seven people in Asia are related to Genghis Khan? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Let me rephrase oh, yeah. that. All one seven in, people, all one seven in, people in Asia are related to Genghis one Khan. In, one in seven people, one in seven people in Asia are related to Genghis Khan. <laughs> that was so. Funny. And this is because you know Genghis Khan obviously raped a lot of women, but also uh-huh. because um, you, 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 your tree just gets so wide the further it goes back. That's right. Yeah. Um, and they know that from from DNA studies. Mm. Okay, so let's go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter. Four. Oh, we read this one already, and the Bible says that we that they were to keep the Sabbath because they had been slaves. Mm-hmm. We were probably never slaves in Egypt. Does that then exempt us from keeping the Sabbath? Um, no. And why is that? Because we are slaves. Oh, we are slaves. Yeah. We were slaves. I'm a free man. What are you talking about? I'm not a slave. Yeah, I know. But, and you were a slave? Well, this is the thing. It's that like, whilst not all are slaves, all are slaves. Mm. Oh, interesting. Ooh. All right. Can you prove that from the Bible? Can I? Oh, yeah. Let's go to the book of Romans. All right. Oh, oh, we're just going to do it. Am I leading out now? Yeah, why not? Sick. You can oh, do yeah. the Bible study today. <laughs> let's go. Well, I'm uh, really prepared. Um, so let's go to the book of Romans. Let's see. Which chapter is seven? Is seven? <laughs> seven is where you're going. <laughs> Thanks, Lyle. <laughs> seven is where you're going. Latter half of Romans chapter seven. That's right. Uh, ooh, let me think about it. about verse fourteen onwards, maybe. Yeah, you could probably read a little bit before as well. 12? But yeah, I think I think 14. verse fourteen onwards. Well, that's when it starts with like his kind of closing closing argument in chapter seven of. You know what the experience of humanity is essentially. You know, you go to Romans seven uh, and verse fourteen, and there's poignant verses about this all throughout the Bible. Like if you go back to chapter six, and it's like you know you read verse twelve, and it says, "Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not let sinful desires. Um, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil and serve or be a slave to sin." Like this idea yes. is pervasive. pervasive. Yes, throughout the book of Romans, it is. But then you get down to chapter seven. You know, start reading from verse. 14. Hey, Lyle, can you start reading from verse 14 for us in, in chapter Sure, why seven? not? The Bible says in uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, mm. sold under sin. That's right. Or a slave to sin in, okay. in my translation. Yeah. Just puts it, puts it right there. Sold. Yeah. Under sin. Mm. Pretty heavy language. Yeah. Slavery. And, and I feel like, you know, Owned by sin. Paul is trying to use that imagery to really get his point across. It's like, because how did slaves, 
you know, function and come on into possession, you know, at that time, it's like they would have auctions for slaves. That's right. There would be slave traders. Just like you sell and have auctions for sheep and sheep and cattle and goats and cheese and whatever else. Yeah. They would bring a bunch of people up and donkeys say, and horses and camels. <laughs> yeah. And and people. Mm-hmm. And they would sit there and and it would be a, a bid, it would be an auction to buy someone who, you know, they saw as suitable and just like there would there would be, you know, a fatted calf versus, you know, maybe a scrawny one. There would be a, a monetary difference between them and it was the same with people. They would look at there were people would be set before them and they would buy based on who looked the best at the, the work, you know, if they needed someone to be a house servant or if they needed someone to be, you know, um, working in a quarry or whatever it may be. Like that's how it functions and it's terrible because these are people. These aren't animals these aren't vegetables these are like people and it's like slavery is one of the most evil gross terrible things ever and i feel like that's exactly what paul is trying to do by saying you were slaves you were owned Mm. by sin absolutely and being being a slave to sin we all have been so therefore it's like are we all slaves yeah but the next question is has god brought all from slavery and you know, has God delivered from slavery like he delivered the, the Jews from literally literal slavery? Has he delivered us? And the reality is also, yes. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. So therefore the Sabbath is a reminder from us that we have been delivered from slavery. Yeah. It's That's why the Bible says that the Sabbath is a sign that God is the one who sanctifies us. Mm. The Sabbath is a sign of redemption. I feel like even, like, because it's also a sign of creation. And it's like, I feel like the Sabbath just represents in and of itself life. Yes. Um, because before like, before we existed, we did not have life. We did not exist. And I feel like in, from God's point of view, from God's rationale, life is better than not life. Living is better than not living, yes. essentially. And that's why God hates sin so much, because it brings death. Mm-hmm. And so the Sabbath is a celebration of life in its inception. You know, when creation happens, he's created life, he's rested with them, he's kept the Sabbath. We're celebrating life. We're celebrating that you exist. Amen. But then when he gives the Sabbath, you know, it, as a commandment to the Jews, um, it's again a celebration of life that I have brought you from slavery, which leads to death, to righteousness and godliness, which leads to life. And the Sabbath is this incredible commandment that represents that. And it's for everyone. Mm. And it's amazing. And it's the best. And I could talk all day. We could just, you know, let Tassie Encounters play another time we could just sit here and talk about how much of a blessing it is but we won't why do, do you think why do you think why do you think the sabbath is such a good sign a good reminder that we were once slaves because we get to rest because when you're a slave you don't get to choose when you rest that's right you don't get to rest at all typically mm. a slave would typically work seven days a week that's right and long hours you know 17 hours a day there, there was just nothing but work for a slave typically I mean, obviously the Jewish people, you know, they weren't able to have slaves like that. But outside of Israel, yeah, you you would not expect to rest at all. The Sabbath is also a choice that a person makes to keep. And so it's also God recognized, like respecting and recognizing that you aren't slaves because you have the autonomy to make the decision. Like the Sabbath will always exist and be blessed and holy and sanctified from the beginning Mm -hmm. because that's how God made it. But that all being said... Like, you have the ability, you know, 
just like Adam and Eve had the ability in the beginning, just like the Jews had the ability when this was reiterated to them, and just like we have the the ability right now, we have the autonomy as people to make the decision to keep the Sabbath and recognize that we aren't slaves. Yes. Because, you know, there's this classic, like, stories from back in the day where people would be emancipated but have nowhere to go, and so they would stay in slavery. Um, and in the Bible actually frames that in a really beautiful way because, you know, slavery was indentured service and not the slave trade. Yes. Where it would be like, look, I don't have anywhere else to go. I'm just going to stay with you. And you'd become a servant for life and you'd be fully set up by your master and be an awesome situation. Um, but then, you know, when it comes to the African slave trade and it was like, I'm a completely institutionalized human being that can't actually function in this world because I'm completely discriminated against. Which was more typical of the general slave trade that existed in the world back in the day. Yeah, that's right. And so it's like, it, it also in this sense, like, you have nowhere else to go. Um, you know, sl- being a slave in both contexts, it's like you have nowhere else to go. And the reality is, is that, you know, in this world that God's created, we do have nowhere else to go. We're either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. But God has given us the Sabbath as a symbol of our autonomy, that we have a choice. And when we choose to keep it, it's like the best thing ever. So, you know, praise the Lord. Oh, I love it. Okay, so somebody sent through an interesting question here that's worth discussing. Uh, David sent this one through. It says, slave to sin because of the disobedience of Eve and Adam and Eve. Correct, Romans 3.31, Matthew 5.17-19. Mm. This is an interesting question. We might actually keep that one for question of the day. Mm. Are we slaves to sin? Because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. How does that actually work? Mm. And we can look at the question of, okay, are we guilty for what Adam and Eve did or are we guilty for what we do because of what they did? Mm. There's a very fine line between the two that has tremendously different ramifications. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Oh, totally do. Because it's like... Oh, I don't want to answer this. I don't want to touch on something that we would touch on if we do it for question of the day. Yeah, let's do it for question of the day. Okay. That's a good one. Awesome. Uh, Because basically what we're looking at is the concept of original sin. Yes. Original sin versus sin that we have committed and uh, both of them are thing. You know, original Mm. sin, mortal sin, menial sin, all those. uh, uh, Does the Bible differentiate between all those different kinds of sin? Mm. So we're going to look into that. Okay, let's go over to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 12. Oh, yeah. Let's go, dude. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 12. We've got a few verses here we're going to look at. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 12. Uh, The Bible says here, Be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in Egypt. Okay, so here's an interesting question because we did talk earlier about how evangelicals in the United States, Mm. the majority of evangelicals in the United States believe that the Jewish people are still God's chosen people. Yes. Now, the Jewish people you go to Israel have a very, very strong sense of identity. Mm. It's a long time since they were slaves. Very, very long time indeed. You know, that's going back three and a half thousand years. But have they ever forgotten the fact that they were once slaves and have they ever stopped celebrating their freedom? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, text message coming through here says, In Revelation 18 talks about slaves and souls of men. In verse 24 it says, In her was found the blood of prophets. This is obviously Babylon at the end of time. Mm. The blood of prophets and saints and all that were slain on the earth. 
Slavery is alive and doing well, and it will be so till Jesus comes. Now is the time to accept your freedom in him. Mm. And this is a really important point that I think has been highlighted here, is that there are more people in slavery at this present time than there ever has been in slavery at a present time in history. Mm. Um, part of that is because you know we've got a vastly bigger population of the world right now, so there's more opportunity for that. And one of the interesting things about that is the majority of people in slavery today are in sexual slavery. Um, and you sort of look at that and go, well, that was different from the past when it was um, servitude, you know, uh, labour slavery. Mm. But I don't know that it is. I don't know that it is that much different from the past because slaves were owned and what are we going to say, that they weren't sexually abused? Yeah. You know. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 15. Deuteronomy 15 and verse 15. Deuteronomy 15 and verse 15, where the Bible says, as I find it here on the page, Remember that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I am giving you this command. Okay, so God has given them a couple of commands. He's given them a Sabbath as a memorial that they have been rescued from slavery. He's also given them the Passover. Yes. You know, that's a yearly festival that's a reminder that they were once slaved. And, and I would, you know, when I look at Jewish people today, I would say that the Passover is actually a stronger reminder to them of their former slavery than even what the Sabbath is. Mm. The Sabbath has kind of lost a lot of its meaning over the years and it should be a celebration for all of us to remember you know, our slave pasts and, you know, the communion service that God has set us free, which, of course, replaces the Passover. Deuteronomy 16 and verse 3. The Bible says, Eat it with bread made without yeast for seven days. Uh, days The bread you eat must be made without yeast, as when you escape from Egypt in such a hurry, eat this bread, the bread of suffering, so that as long as you live, you will remember the day you departed from Egypt. Okay, and this is one of those interesting things, you know, so often I go to, you know, communion service in, um, in you know, in various churches and I find that they just hand around whatever kind of bread. Really? Yeah, so often I've seen that happen, just any kind of bread. Just... I've never seen that before. I've only been in communion service where they, where they bake it. You've yeah. obviously only been in communion service where there are avenous ones. Yeah, that's right. Because Adventists do unleavened bread, what's called unleavened bread, which is an old school way of saying, you know, flatbread. Yeah. Bread without a rising agent. Mm. And you go to, it's interesting, you go to the Middle East today and and flatbread is still very popular, wildly popular. Uh What made it so popular? Well, the thing that made it so popular was that when the Israelites were in Egypt, they didn't have time to use a rising agent in their bread on the night that the angel passed over and they left Egypt. Mm. And so they made flatbread. And then, of course, you know, the Israelites, they, they conquer the promised land and their culture is then shared throughout the Middle East. And part of their culture is eating flatbread. <laughs> yeah. And whenever you go to the Middle East and you eat flatbread or you go down to your local you know, falafel shop and get your falafel roll or whatever that's rolled up in flatbread, it's a reminder this originated <laughs> on the Passover night in Egypt wow. when they didn't have time to put a rising agent in their bread. Mm. And we still eat it today and we go down to our favorite Lebanese shop and we buy it all the time. Totally. And then some and they are so yummy and good and the best. Some other people in that area of the world invented hummus and there was a match yes. made in heaven. Yes. Yes, <laughs> you put those two things together. And tabbouleh. And to, oh, tabbouleh. And look, I'm not a huge falafel guy. 
Like uh-huh. it's all right, but just just do just hummus and tabbouleh and salad. No, I'll, I'll I'll go your falafel rolls. Yeah, having lived in Sydney for twenty one years, it's like I used to live it's a on staple those food. It's staple food. <laughs> it's staple food. Absolutely, it's, it's like the best. But next time you buy a falafel roll, because it's great vegetarian food. You know, you get those little falafel balls. Oh, and totally. They, they're so good for you. They're super fact, good for you. You can get them if you head on down to the food pharmacy, you know, local food pharmacy here. They do They do a, um, I think it's the Manor Bowl, the Middle Eastern um, North African Bowl. Yes. Has falafel rolls. Falafel and hummus and tabbouleh. Uh, and, yes. And all the good stuff, yeah. Okay, I'm going to order that. <laughs> you've, got, you've made me hungry right That's now. That's right, that's right. Okay, so you put all of this together and, you know, here today, thousands of years later, we are remembering that, you know, they were slaves in Egypt. Yeah. So out of all of the things that, you know, the Jews failed on over the years, on this one they kind of... Yeah, it's like their best export. <laughs> and, and and well, but they kind of remembered. Yeah. They, they, they forgot so many other things, but on this one they kind of remembered. And I think maybe, you know, because they were so, told so many times through the book of Deuteronomy, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. That's right. Let's read chapter 16, verse 12. In 16 and verse 12, it says, Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, so be careful to obey all my decrees. And this is the thing. There's always this reminder, this remember and obey, remember and obey, remember mm. and obey all the way through. Why are these two things linked together? Because God is trying to tell us what the motivation for obedience is. Mm. The motivation for obedience is we love God yes, because what God did for us. Mm. And he's saying, look, the reason that you're going to obey, the reason I'm asking you to obey is because I've done good things for you. Yep. Obedience doesn't get you into heaven. You cannot obey enough to be in heaven. We obey because we're saved, not to be saved. Mm. And, you know, they were saved from slavery. That's why you obey. All right, let's uh, read. Text messages came through here. This one, let me see. Whoa, where did it go? It was right here a second ago. Uh, this is this is how I think it out when people say that the Ten Commandments and promises of God are only for the Israelites. When our first child was born, we had ten little makeshift things to keep her safe and promises for her as our child. Then like the Gentiles and other nations became Christians, so God's family are now his Christian family with all the commandments mm-hmm. and promises. I also with my wife gave also the same protection to the other five children. Hallelujah. Amen. From David in Western Australia. Okay, so you've got sort of ten things there to keep the children safe and you didn't restrict that from the other children after the first one came along. Mm. You know, they're a blessing for everybody. So many verses we can read here. Deuteronomy, do we do 18, uh, 24, 18? Not yet. But you should remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God re- redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this thing. And finally, in verse 22, and you should remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this thing. So many verses here, all repeating the same kind of concept that once we were slaved, now we've been redeemed by the grace of God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Question of the day. Don't know what happened there. <laughs> That's epic, dude. That's so funny. All right. Okay. Question of the day. Yes. It was basically what we were talking about Yeah, before. yeah, we came through earlier. It was a good, it was a yeah. good, it was a good question. And it's good essentially, comment. are we slaves to sin because of the disobedience of Adam, or Adam and Eve, or are we... 
slave to sin because of our own disobedience. Okay, so this is what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we receive a sinful nature because of what we inherit from Adam and Eve. Mm. Now, it's important to understand what a sinful nature is. A sinful nature is that we have a natural propensity to sin. It means that we automatically, without the intervening grace of God, we sin. That's what we do as human beings. And you can see that you know, in the youngest child that you've ever seen, those seeds of rebellion are already there. And that's simply the way that we are born. Now, what a lot of people confuse this with is the difference between being born with a sinful nature and being born guilty. Because the Bible is abundantly clear, we are not born guilty for what Adam did. Uh, I'll give you an example of this uh, if we go to Ezekiel chapter 18. Uh, let me just see here. There's a multitude of verses we could look at on this subject, but we are not guilty for what somebody else has done. Ezekiel chapter 18, and let's go to uh, verse 20. The soul that sins, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. Neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteousness shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. The Bible is very clear. We do not inherit guilt. We inherit a nature. It's impossible that anything else could take place, but we do not inherit guilt. We are not guilty for what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. Now, you might say, well, you know, why is that important? You know, that's sort of like a, a bit of a minor point right there, but I'll, let me share with you why it's important. You see, when Jesus came to this earth, he came to this earth to live a life just like we live our life. Mm. He came to this earth to be to- tempted in every way that we're tempted, in all points like as we are, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4. In Hebrews chapter 2, the Bible says that he was made in all points like unto his brethren, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things, and that he's able to help those who are tempted. And the reason that Jesus became just like us is because, you know, we already know that God knows how to gain victory over temptation. We already know that God knows how to live in this world. We already know how that, how that sinless beings and angels and so forth, they know how to live a righteous life. We need an example of how a human being could do that because any other kind of example is meaningless. And so Jesus came to this earth to be an example. He came to this earth to save us, but he also came to this earth to be an example to us, an example for us of how to live a righteous life. Mm. And if Jesus had been you know, different from us, that would have been... There would have been no example there whatsoever at all. The problem is that if we're born guilty, then if Jesus had come just like us, then Jesus would have been guilty as well, and he would not have been sinless, and if he was not sinless, then he couldn't have given his life as a sacrifice Mm. for us. Okay, so that creates a bit of a problem. All right, so there are some churches who do believe that all human beings are born guilty for what Adam did. It's called original sin. How do they deal with that problem? Because, in effect, what you've got is the ladder between heaven and earth is missing a whole bunch of the bottom rungs. Jesus has only come part way down. And because it's missing a whole bunch of those bottom rungs, they fill those rungs in with... You know, a whole a series, a system of levels. You have this level, next level, third level, fourth level, whatever, all the way up until you actually reach Jesus. So you've got Jesus, who is not guilty, has never committed original, has not been tainted by any sin that he has either committed or been born with. So he has mm-hmm. no original sin. Next level down from Jesus is created beings, angels, who likewise have never. Uh, experienced any kind of sin. Next level down from that, you have saints. 
Saints are people who are living sinless in heaven, but who once had original sin and have had that original sin cleansed from them. Next level down from that is priests. These are people who have and are tainted with original sin. And so you have this system of mediators so that you can work your way up to Christ. Now, the problem with that is that when you get to Jesus, it's like, okay, how could Jesus be born without original sin? The answer is then given, well, there was immaculate conception, so therefore Mary did also did not have original sin. Okay, on the level of of mediation, where does that place Mary? Well, that places Mary on the same level as Jesus, as somebody who has never experienced original sin. And according to this particular doctrine, is also in heaven, able to mediate for us. So then Mary is above the angels and above the saints uh, and above the priests as a mediator and equal with Jesus. That's a bit scary when you make somebody else equal with Jesus. Mm. But then you come to the next question. is like, okay, but who gave the greater sacrifice, Mary or Jesus? Is it easier for a parent to sacrifice their child or to sacrifice or to give their own life? Clearly it's easier to give your own life than to have the sacrifice of your child. And so so then the concept comes through, okay, Mary is on the same mediatorial level as Jesus and has given a greater sacrifice, therefore Mary is a greater mediator and you have the whole doctrine, the whole false doctrine of Mariology that comes from there. So this is how badly things can go wrong if you get it wrong on the concept of sin. So don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, because when you do so, you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.